Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. On today's episode, we're going to give our unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Matt Polanski, joined by Elisa, Bono, and Josh. So how are we all doing today? I'm doing good. Ready to get controversial, so to speak. Yeah, I'm... Um... I'm ready to judge everyone and anything on anything <laughs> that gets said about anyone. <laughs> um, Josh, this was your idea, so what? Yeah, I'm I'm fired up. I'm primed for some controversial opinions. It just felt like arguing with the rest of us. <laughs> I felt like yeah, arguing with anyone and anything over it. Yeah. Now I on. will say you messaged us about doing this like early january and since yes. then i think everybody moto gp has done it the sighting lap has done it uh everything motor racing put out a subscriber only which i'm still pissed at them about because it lives on my spotify feed and will not go away i can't make mm-hmm. it go away unless i subscribe and f- listen to it so i, I think that recently this has become like a really popular thing you know Excuse yeah. the you know joke there, but it, like it's become really popular to do unpopular opinions all of a sudden. Yeah, they've almost become popular opinions because there's been so many that have been given the same exactly. on different podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I no. think it's better to call it controversial opinions. There you go. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. Um, unpopular opinions. It seemingly a lot of them are quite popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like common so, sense. It doesn't seem to be that common. Yeah. <laughs> So the way we uh, decided to do this is I made a spinner wheel, as I'm one to do, and I put all of our names on it, and we're going to spin it to see who goes first so we're not all arguing over each other. Um, We're going to do one round uh, where we each do our uh, controversial opinion, and if we still have time, we'll go another round. We'll see how many rounds we get through. Um, So after I do the spinner, we will take that name off so they can't be picked again. Once we get to the last person, I'll put all the names back up and we'll go for round two. Uh, I am also going to be writing these down. So at the end, we can review them so our listeners can see who they agree with and who they disagree with. All right. Yeah, okay. let's go. All right. So our and first person up. I was going to say before you reveal the answer to the spinner, uh, I, mm-hmm. I think even if we all seem to agree with this, I think it's good to point out whether we agree that it is controversial or unpopular because we might all agree with it but there are mm-hmm. certain opinions that maybe josh or whoever might give that we're only putting it out there because we feel like if you were to put it out on twitter or say it at like a race event you'd get some really weird looks do you know what i mean so that's right, just yeah. to clear up if we all agree that's not us being like yeah that's unpopular it's just because it's you know might, might bring some controversy and whatnot so matt who do we have okay so our first up is josh oh god <laughs> uh, this feels scripted, like <laughs> fail. Put me on the spot straight away. Um, all right. Well, uh, which one do I go with? Because I don't know if I want to go impact first or or get as kind of you know. I'll tell you what. Before, whilst you pick what you're going to pick, I'll just clear up to the listeners because I'm not a hundred percent like well and whatnot. I'm a little bit under the weather, and I don't want to be coughing down all of your guys's ears. Um, what I thought I would do is is because. I won't be talking for long stints, which is probably a good thing for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, these three have to fight for a valid opinion or a pure waffle is what they're going to get judged on. So pure oh, waffle essentially is on. is going to be 
that opinion is rubbish. You may as well throw it in the bin. Oh, no. it's, it's the worst he's, thing to come he's across. Throwing his, he's throwing his weight around. He's um, <laughs> or a valid opinion where I might not agree with it, or maybe a few people might not agree with it, but I think that they have a point. So rather than just fight for nothing and be like, I don't know, I think Mark Marquez is crap. And it's like, well, why do you think that? Well, I don't know. Like, you know, you, you've got to kind of back it up. Um, and I'll, right, I'll give well, you a, 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 either a pure waffle or valid opinion. Right, so it's well, a pseudoscientific arguments here. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I'm, I'll, I'll start a bit. I'll start with a more tame one. Um, okay. But... So my first controversial slash unpopular opinion, depending which way you want to look at it, is Dorna need to sell MotoGP because the shit. Ooh. Because the shit. The I I'm going to elaborate. I'm going to elaborate on it. Okay, go ahead That's and elaborate like the first. That's the headline. It's just... For me, personally, I think there's multiple things with this, but Dorna, how long have they owned MotoGP for now? Uh, a long time. Um, 1992. 1992. Exactly. 92. That's when the first season so, is on the video pass, and that's when the, Dorna acquired the rights. The world has moved on since 92. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I, know, I know it didn't oh. exist in 92, but you know, the we- Soviet Union had only just collapsed in 1992. <laughs> right. Okay, Josh, we're um, about five minutes of that into recording, and you've brought up the Soviet Union, so I am quite worried on the tape <laughs> where you were going with this. But... What I'm trying to say is, I don't see how MotoGP's moved in like a very good direction in a long mm-hmm. time. What you're saying is you don't feel like it's moving with the times. It's not moving with the times. Donna are old school. They don't seem to want to yeah. move with the times. They are very much in the sim, very similar to Bernie Eccleston era of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Right. Look at what Formula One have achieved since Liberty Media took over in what 2017. So, all right. Some some would say not for the not. It's not all been good what Liberty's been doing because obviously a lot of money, a lot of cash grabbing, a lot of commercialising of Formula One, um, and a lot of PRs don't like that. But even on a whole, look at the popularity, look at how they're able to market it, how they're able to spread it, how they've been able to do a lot of things with Formula One and turn this kind of not like something that was dying or something that was kind of heading for the stagnating though, wasn't it? F1. Yeah, it was stagnating F one. Right. It it just there wasn't really as much popularity. There's probably more people kind of switching it off than turning it on at the time. But then 2018 comes along. They rebrand it, remarket, repackage it as Liberty as like an American kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, as they know best. And of course, you, they've probably gone down the Premier League slash NFL route with it. Um, you know, to, and some people don't like that, but it's so popular now. And they managed to get a good deal with Netflix. We got Drive to Survive and all them. That TV series, which uh, has been for the sport, it's done wonders for it. I mean, lockdown probably helped a bit, but it's done wonders. And what has MotoGP done? What we had MotoGP Unlimited for one season on Prime, and it's been cancelled because it was right. it, it wasn't shit, but it was poorly handled. It was poorly done, and they've just they've give up before they even got started. Um, and I'm gonna say just, just just whilst you're on that point, I think it's good to argue with a controversial opinion to say like yes, the other of side of it. And I, I would say, um, to put it out there, I personally think Dorna from a certain time till even now, I still think they do good and I think they've done a lot of good. But what I, I think you're saying in terms of if you to like word your or brand your opinion on like a sentence is Dorna need to go if they can't carry on like modernizing because I agree with yes. the fact that they've not modernized and they've not 
sort of like it so not diso but like neglect the modern yeah. era of fans and connections with the community and stuff. Yeah. So if that's what you're getting at, yeah, I get what you yeah. mean. It's it's slow it's slow moving. It seems to it's very glacial, and they seem reluctant in a lot of aspects to try and change things. Um, you know, from our side, from like a creator's point of view, the whole media pass and packaging and things, and how it's yeah. all about the money. You need the money to get in, and what it costs, it's ridiculous. The whole um, copyright striking on on TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and things like that, which I know F one and other sports can be guilty of, but. This seems a lot more draconian on Dorna's front. And another thing is, Dorna also own and operate the rival to MotoGP, which is World World Superbike. You know, it's theirs. It's theirs as well. So I don't really see how we can own both. For me, it doesn't. It I, doesn't... I, get, I get owning both. I get owning both, but I, I don't, don't think they do anywhere near enough to. Not, I wouldn't even see it as a rival. I would see it as like almost like a, a cousin sport well, in the sense of yeah, like, it, you know, they're still the same, but they're different. I don't think they do you... anywhere near enough to like mold the two together. I mean, it's like when they were like, oh, we want a great connection with F1 and F1 were like, yep, yeah, 100% we want a great one with MotoGP. So we've stuck an F1 sticker on the back of a product. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's it. All right. Well, we're, we're basically related then in that sense. Yeah. Like, it's... Um, yeah. I no, think, I, I, yeah. I think selling Dorna selling MotoGP is where I like start to veer away. I do agree with a lot of what you're saying, but like when you look at what else Dorna owns, they own MotoGP, World Superbike. They've got Moto E on their website, um, but then they've got uh, FIM Junior GP, uh, Red Bull Rookies, the Asian talent, British talent, uh, Northern. Yeah, talent, they have a monopoly. And, yeah, they have a monopoly. So how they how own, like all... the competition? There isn't any competition. There's no. There's no kind of. Um... There's no reason for what Josh is saying is, is because of how much they own and what they own, they almost sit on that and go, "Well, we own it, so we're not really bothered about changing it." Right. Because we and I, I know, I know, like F1, there's not really any competition with that either. So, you, you, no. in that sense of an argument, fair enough. But we, we've seen their throw the weight around by saying to the FIA, "Oh well, we're not really that bothered about having." Yeah, any but you could argue with F1, even though they don't have anywhere near as close a competition in four wheels. They still modernize. They still work their way up. They've still got better in recent years. And I, like yeah. even me, I never watched F1 as a kid. And when it got to like 2017, 18, I started to like you know take note of it and whatnot. And then like almost like what Elise has done, into, and, and now Matt, where they're going back and watching old races. You know, that has happened since Liberty, without me knowing that it was Liberty that that did that did that. Do you know what I mean? They did a lot mm. more pushing it through COVID post-covid going for more and more and more media side and like acclimatizing to their demographic yeah to social media because i think f1 became this like in the uk i think it became more of a middle-aged sort of sport in the sense of people that used to watch it when the senners and the pros yeah and whatnot and there was a few fans of like you know if if your dad watched it you'd watch it but there was no like new breed of fans really in f1 Whereas now you go on Twitter and whatnot, and there's so many people that are like 21 and younger that watch F1, and you can just tell that they're just obsessed with it. Do you know what I mean? There's there's no yeah. like, you know, oh, I've been following it since I was a kid because my dad likes it and my mum like. You know what I mean? Like it's it's completely rebranded and it's shifted with the times. So yep. Yep. F1 have carried it on with Liberty, even though they don't have competition. 
Whereas MotoGP is almost like we have so many fans and so many opportunities where we could push it, but we don't. Just don't. Like, oh, we do it yeah. really slowly. It's it's, it's not like, the same sort of opinion that we got when we tried to get like in the media with Silverstone being our home race, and we could all you know like well, I say all oh, me and Josh could attend it and try hmm. to keep that date free to be like, look, let's try and go, let's try and you know it helps Dawner out because it's another media source and it helps us out so that we can put out media there to promote MotoGP. And they, right. they, in a nutshell, turned around to us and said, well, you're not big enough, so no. It's like, yeah. it just neglects a whole level of a demographic, and that demographic are your biggest, like, you know, fans that aren't mm. these corporate companies that are doing it for money. We're doing it because we love it. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know what? I give you a valid opinion on the modernization of Dorna. Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like the controversial side would be Dorna selling. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll stick to that point because I feel like a lot of people will agree that, and it's not probably not that unpopular. In Donna needs to move with the times and really give the red a wobble. Um, but so the controversial side, yeah. get just let someone else have a crack at the whip when it comes yeah. to Donna. Someone Aliso, else you... or, or MotoGP. Yeah, Alisa, are you going to say something on that? Yeah, I just thought you know. In general, I agree with the modernization. I mean, I, I gotta say about the point of no competition, I think it's a little bit that you, if you only think of competition for sports, motorsports being motorsports, it's like we, MotoGP is still competing with every other sport on the planet for the attention of people, like it's limited. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm not, obviously, F1 is much bigger, but you know, that's also, a, a, I think, I think somewhere for MotoGP to aim at, of course, we are never gonna be as popular, but that doesn't mean, you know, you're not. You shouldn't be trying for that. And I also yeah. want to add that, you know, seeing the inside promotion and nepotism that's happening inside Dorda, it's, it's laughably funny, you know, yeah. considering the ruling of MotoGP. And I think just as one of those things that, you know, it's good to get new blood in and other people with different kind of views and stuff like that. And also, uh, yeah, and also add something on the on the World SBA and MotoGP, because I was wondering like a month ago, why they don't, for example, sell video pass packages with like yeah, deals? Yeah. yeah, and comment like like combining those two because you know if you yeah. own them both, you can promote them together. But they are yeah. doing that really. I think that's a really big missed opportunity. I think they're just going for uh, the selling idea of bigger amounts of money, but they don't realize that if people get tickets and stuff cheaper and video pass, more people are gonna get it. So yeah. Yeah. No. I again all valid points i i i think when you tweeted that out i think we spoke about it and i was just like to donor nowadays it just seems like whatever makes us money and that's it whereas before there was this sort of like link between okay we will give you know what the fans are paying for we want them to get more and more out of it whereas i see ticket prices going up which i know is not entirely donor's fault that's mainly the circuit and whatnot wanting more money but the 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 circuits want more money and we we're paying more money the prices for the video pass go up and up and the price is already a lot for what it is granted you get you could say how oh, you get everything and whatnot but really like there's nothing that we're getting you know, we, i don't get to a point where i'm like oh they've done that for us it's always they've done that which i suppose we get a little bit from do you know what i mean it, there's no that i don't feel any priority as a fan at any point watching MotoGP, I don't see anything that I'm like, that's what the fans want. Do you know what I mean? It always seems like, 
what makes us money what's commercially better for us to then make more money or like we'll sign this deal with this circuit because it makes us more money it's it there's no you can't tell me that they've gone to india because that's what the fans want they've gone to india because it's going to make them a load of money they've gone to kazakhstan because there's clearly someone paying a lot of money because the same fans like in india are not going to go in terms of numbers to kazakhstan yeah. nowhere near so <laughs> the same as saudi arabia do you know what i mean like there is no way on this earth if you put the equivalent of a day's wage in india indonesia kazakhstan saudi arabia and said race ticket that's how much it is for for a sunday right and you gave a maximum capacity of 100,000 seat uh, around the track indonesia and india would sell out like that they would sell out like that if it was a, yes. if it was a day's wage in where they are based kazakhstan and saudi arabia saudi arabia maybe kazakhstan no chance no one's Absolutely doing it not. they're not doing it so yeah i know we've kind of gone off a little bit but it is in relation to why they haven't modernized they haven't modernized they haven't i mean post covid and how it's affected everybody and where like everything's just started if anything everything's starting to ramp up again prices wise and like con like just everything with the with the demographic of gp i feel like has died out so josh valid opinion hey um, you're, not, you're not talking pure waffle at least okay. i've got one my next one might be pure waffle but we'll see okay so i'm gonna spin the wheel and i'm really hoping that i get to go because my opinion is, or my first controversial opinion is very similar to Josh's. Oh, 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 and me. Yep. Okay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> I will go with. I don't know if this is. I mean, it's controversial because obviously people have their opinions on riders and who they think's best. This, that, and the other. Um, and this is one I have sat on for a long time, mm -hmm. um, and I still stand by and will die on the hill, no matter what happens this year. Joan Mir is top five riders in MotoGP. Um, people slander him, people hate him, people say he's arrogant, people say that he's not, he doesn't deserve 2020. Um, he's nowhere near the level of Mark and Fabio and Pecco. And look, I have my allegiances to certain teams and certain riders and whatnot. But the people that say that Jean Mir, like there is this huge cult of people on Twitter and Instagram yeah. that, that market him with the arrogance of Jorge Lorenzo, who is a five-time world champion, if you didn't know already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but people say this, like he doesn't deserve to have that sort of like, not he's not, I don't look at Mir and think arrogant, but at the end of the day, if you actually knew what you were talking about, in my opinion, you would look at Jarmir and think any team, any team would have him. Any team. If Ducati lost Bastianini, say Bastianini snapped his leg in half and it was almost like a different sport like setup where you could say, right, sub somebody in, and Mir was available, he would be top of the list for most people. He would. I don't care what anyone says. I will die on the hill that Jarmir is that good. Right, you don't win a MotoGP World Championship if you're that shit. Right, mm. whether it's 15 races, five races, 50 races, you don't win one. A. Yeah. Point. Point I mean... A. Point B. <laughs> if you watch MotoGP in 2017 and watch Moto3, and it's based on equal machinery, pretty much, you could say always oh, on a Leopard. The Leopard wasn't what it was two years later, where it was 
fucking rapid in a straight line. It wasn't because if it was, yeah, (laughs) if it if it was, then everyone would have been on a Leopard in 2016, 17, 18, like you know. But it didn't happen. But in terms of how good he was that year, he blitzed that field in Moto Three. Blitzed them. Went to Moto Two, and if he wasn't that good. Why did he get given a two-year contract in MotoGP, albeit already on a five- or four-year deal, I think it was, with Mark VDS, who was still in GP? That's how much they wanted him to stay. Suzuki bought him out of a four-year contract from Mark VDS to have him in a factory team after five races in Moto2. Name me another rider that has that level of stock. So you tell me... Show me is not top five. Shove it where the sun don't shine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm totally with you. The amount he's the most disrespected rider Agreed. on the grid by far. Agreed. He is. No one, everyone goes, oh, he won COVID championship. How many races were in COVID? What? 15. 15? 15. How, how, like, going back, seasons were kind of that long anyway. Do, do we want to go back to, like, the 70s, 80s, where we go, oh, like, Freddie Spencer and all these, like, they were racing, like, 16 race championships. Yeah. Even before that, the racing like eight, like literally, if you go back to like Leslie Graham in 1949 and have a look how long that championship was, you would regard him as a one time world champion at that point in 1949. Yeah. I mean, well, even so, how long have they been been recently? Like, let's go back to 20 years ago, um, around 18 or something. 16. 2003, yeah, like 16. Because I'm, I'm doing the 2002 season, there's 16 races. 16 races, all right. Yeah. Oh, is Rossi, uh, does, it, does it not count then for Rossi that season? Because <laughs> there's only 16 races. Uh, you know 19, I mean? 1949 had six races. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So just count them all. In fact, if you don't have 20 races a season, just discount <laughs> them. Discount all the championships and, and seasons. And point out, right, in 2020... It was Dovi who Mark went out and everyone went, right, this is Dovi or Fabio. And the fact that, to be fair to Fabio, the fact that he's highly rated in that sense as a, like, yeah. what was then just come off the back of being a rookie on a satellite mm-hmm. bike, we're like, yeah, you're going to win the just championship. It's prime market. Yeah, like, you know. that's credit to him. But the fact that he beat Fabio, he beat Frankie Morbidelli, who had his best year on a satellite bike. Yeah. He beat Rins, who, apart from the beginning, was, like, on smoke at the end of the year. Yeah. He beat Dovi who was literally, it like the pathway was made for him yeah. that year. He beat, like, I, I, I don't know if anyone who claims that he's this bad was actually alive in 2020. <laughs> like, I actually question what you're talking about because you watch him that year, and even like Austria where you could say, oh, he had his win taken away from him. Yeah, he did because it was unfortunate with the red flag. That's not yeah. Mia's fault, but credit to the people that, you know, stepped up and then won. But even then, when he was on what he... The race restarted, and he was on worn tires. The, like one of, I think, five riders that were on worn tires. He came fourth or third <laughs> on worn tires. Ima- imagine, right? Imagine we get to Portimao, and I, I'm like, yeah, come on, Fabio. I really want you to win. I've turned up to Portugal. Let's go. And it's like, oh, um, Fabio Guattararo, uh, he, he's not got any tires left, so he's going to be on yesterday's FP3 tires. I'd be like, okay, well, we've got no chance. Imagine now I turn around, and then he's like, he finished fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you. How can you argue this man is like? And again, I'm not saying that if you think he's seventh, eighth, that's an awful opinion. Okay, cool. But there are there are a cult, a mm-hmm. cult, a cult of people, of people 
on yeah. online that are claiming this guy is trash, like rubbish. And I'm like, fraud. You I, genuinely, I I pray that you wake up from this coma that you're in of just <laughs> nonsensical crap that comes into your head to think Mir, Joan Mir is bad. Like, how? Yeah, that to I mean, me is I, more controversial. I'll, I, I mean, while we're on the subject, that was my third option for, like, a controversial opinion. But, like you said, it's not... I don't think it shouldn't be an unpopular opinion in the sense that he's in the top five. To no, make it controversial... I was gonna con- I was gonna suggest that he is pound for pound, all things considered, the best rider on the grid. That was my controversial opinion. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I wow. mean I I agree with, with you about I was just scrolling to some comments like a couple of days ago about uh, about John Muir and I think yeah, he's really dis- disrespected and I don't think even if people always bring up the twenty twenty season, but I think twenty one also, that was probably his best year in my opinion, because he's so he was so consistent and you know it didn't even have the 2020 like the repeat races and stuff like that and he didn't win but it's what was really really good season where you know Rins threw it out and obviously Rins had a better year last year but still I think that was really impressive from him like personally I don't know because I haven't seen him in Moto3 I know he's been really good there like amazing oh. Oh, so I can't I can't like rate him like personally I think he's had two great seasons and then he had a rookie year and a bad season but I think it's also you know due to the Suzuki like I don't think he's ever been that good at qualifying and the Suzuki hasn't been that good at it so I think it's interesting to see him in the Honda and see how he does on that and I think that's gonna shape how how well he's gonna do because I think in the future because I think qualifying is such a big thing so mm. but definitely yeah, I mean... as, a ra- as a racer and as a rider I think he's really good and yeah, disrespected by a lot. Like, with all due respect to Paul and to Alex Marquez, and I mean, Jorge, when he was there in 2019, was, I'm not saying picking up a wage, but there was no way on earth that he was actually going to carry on going like, up and up and up for three, four years at Honda. And Danny in his later years, obviously, with age and whatnot. This, to me, if Mark is fit and Honda get their like, shit together, this is, a test. This is the best lineup they are going to have for a long, long time. Mm. For me, I I look at it and I go, there's 10 world championships in that team. 10. Mm. And the stock value of that team, you have the biggest rider in the sport in one side of the garage. And you Mm. have, if all hell breaks loose and that rider isn't there, you've got a MotoGP world champion, which not many teams have, considering the amount that have left in recent years. You have a MotoGP world champion on the other side of the garage that on a bike that when we started 2020, if I told you a Suzuki was running the world championship, you would have told me I was out of my mind. Yes. Yeah. Like, again, people people just gloss over that he won that. And then you get this argument of like, well, he wasn't that good this year, just gone in 2022. It's like, right. But as soon as Suzuki announced that they were leaving, both Suzuki's dropped off a cliff and he mm-hmm. was injured. Yeah. So the fact that you have to point at somebody who's on a on its way out Suzuki and a team that's already on its way out, like, you know, the morale's gone completely, which was very, very clear on both sides of the garage. You have to point to somebody who's on a less competitive bike of two bikes, not four, not eight, like Ducati with all the data that they've got and say, well, what about that year? Sorry. Rins was having that kind of year for about five years. 
Yeah, go, exactly. Like, Rins is Rins is really good. Rins is really Rins good. Is really I mean, good. He's so talented. Look, it's, look at twenty twenty one. I mean, twenty twenty one. Mia was pretty much on a twenty twenty bike because the, the Suzuki wasn't yeah. like was, there was yeah. hardly any difference, and he's finished third in the championship. So, I mean, it's, it does speak we volumes quite well. We forget about that. Obviously, it's not part of the narrative, is it? Let's face it. Because when he's been mm. given a bike that is competitive or in 2021, somewhat competitive, he's finished in the top five. So me saying he's top five to some people is like, Mia, no chance, no chance. Like, I, where's the where's the logic in being like, that is rubbish. But yeah, I think I, think I will die on the hill. There's involved, there's, what's involved as well is people didn't really have a clue who he was coming into 2020 in a way. And for him to just go and win the championship, uh, and I think some people were humbled by it in a sense of, like, they didn't have a clue who he was. He wins a championship, so it's all like, wow, if I didn't know who he was, well, he can't have been that good anyway. Uh, and there's it was certain championships off. where people say, oh, if he wouldn't have been wiped out here, if he wouldn't have been wiped out there, Mir got wiped out in a shorter championship. He got wiped out in Bruno by, I think it was Miguel Oliveira coming into the second to last corner. Um, yeah, Bruno, you remember when, remember when uh, Brad Binder won in Yeah, yeah. Mir got wiped out. Mir was like, was he like 18th or 17th in championship after like three races? Which you could say is three races in. But we make the argument at the end of the year when someone gets wiped out, like, oh, well, if he didn't get wiped out, then he could have been third or second or first yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. He got wiped out in a shorter championship and still won it on a less yeah. competitive bike. Yeah. Still won it with a race to go. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. And yeah, and won it with a race to go. So Mir essentially won a world championship in MotoGP in about 12 races. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Case. Uh, the crux is this year that it's going to be a massive test for. Obviously, of course it is, and not, we've not seen a lot much of compl- like complaints about Honda. Yeah, and yeah. we all know it's the hardest bike on the grid to ride. Right, but they Alberto Puig, as much as you might have your opinions on him, whether you think he's a bit, you know, arrogant or miserable or whatever, he knows what he's doing when it comes to looking for a top rider. He's done it through mm. his whole career. He's done it through Stoner, Pedrosa, you name it. They've all gone through Puig in that sense, from that from yeah. that area or through that system. He knows how good a rider he has. He knows mm. he does. So if them, if, if Mir and Marquez are turning around this year and saying A, B and C need sorting out, and the other one says A, B and C need sorting out, he knows, look, we need to sort that out. This is not right. like a, yeah, but maybe it suits Mark or whatever. He knows where they're both coming from. He knows that he's got two very, very good riders there. Um, so yeah, feel free to say that I'm talking out my ass, but I will die. On uh, this I'm, I, I'm with you. I no, that's Mia. a valid I'm, argument. I'm a Mia fanboy, so yeah, I am. I He's racing a Honda, but I, you know, Josh, how much I love Mia. Exactly. But... Mm-hmm. It's not through. Well, I'm not saying it's not through choices racing for Honda, but the chances are, he still would have been on Suzuki if they'd not been total bottle job. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, and this is going to sound weird coming out of my mouth, but I want him to do well on a Honda because I want I I, I trust that he's that good. Mm. So, yeah. Well, so, so it's gone going well so far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so that that's a completely valid one. So we'll spin the wheel, see who goes next. It's either me or Alisa. So the wheel. And we have... Yeah, I don't know which one also to choose. I think when we were just discussing, I think this one goes with the modernization idea. And I have, I have a... I don't know, in certain circles, this is pretty unpopular, but that, well, but I think that grid girls have no place in MotoGP, in modern MotoGP. I just, oh, I think... grid girls? Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I, I hate oh. that they exist. Uh, this is, uh, I'm basing the argument on, this is in no way saying that any of the women and people who do that job, job or do that are... Are bad or something like that, and I am. I would never advocate for someone to actually lose their job, but the reality is most of them aren't doing it for a job, and things like Monster Girls, I think, could get another job or they can promote it otherwise. But I think it just it sends a bad message to be selling the sport in that mm-hmm. way, and they they serve no actual purpose there. You know, I think I think I like to refer it to like film, in film theory. It's this idea of a sexy lamp. So if you can replace a female character with a sexy lamp, then she's useless. And I think you could replace it with a sexy umbrella in that case. So yeah, I, I mean, we've I, seen an example of it, like in 2020 and COVID years, they didn't have any grid girls, you know, world, no. didn't, world didn't like break. So I think that's just one of those things that doesn't belong in modern motorsport. Everyone doesn't do it anymore. And, you know, and as sad as I'm to say it, you know, I don't think harassment is because of any way people are dressed up. But I think also having read like comments, for example, Valentina Rossi's uh, girlfriend and like that, she's also been there and she's commented on how much they get harassed. And I don't think like mm-hmm. it's going to never stop. But I think taking an open target from people's backs would also help a bit. So, yeah, I just I don't think they have any place here. And I think on that comment that you just said with like, X or past <clears throat> models coming out and it's not some people look at it genuinely and go well you know what you're getting into or like well you dress like that so what mm-hmm. can you expect it's so stupid to even that that mm-hmm. argument itself is stupid but like I look at that and I'm like well if they're in the line of work of modeling for something they, they, they there's no part of the contract that says you will get harassed like that's not if I was like, oh, do you want to be a footballer? But you, you have to agree to be, you know, racially abused. Like, what? Like, that is the right. stupidest thing to come out with. Um, and I do agree that I think that we are way past that. Kind of relating to Josh's argument in modernizing. Um, yeah. I think we're about 25, 30 years already sort of expiry date of that already being, what, what are we doing it for? Like, why are they still there? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the 2020 thing makes complete sense as well, in the sense that we didn't we didn't have any, and I don't think anybody lost their mind from that really. Yeah, um, no one missed it. No. Um, yeah, I definitely. You know, it's definitely not a controversial opinion at all, um, and I wouldn't say it's even that unpopular to be honest. Um, to play I'm devil's sh- advocate, um, you do get. I think not in these circles, but I think many yeah, traditional yeah, fans yeah. like you, you well, see sure a lot of some... people. There's some old school guy that's just like, no, they need to be there. I want to see pretty women next to these bikes. It's like, what the? F- Are you from the 70s? Because if so, please go away. <laughs> I, uh, my favorite comment was, you know, but 
then the supermodels won't have jobs. And I'm like, do you think Naomi Campbell is out there holding an umbrella for a fucking motor speed rider? You know, mm, yeah. <laughs> she's not. not. Like, that is not what they do for their like. That is one part of their job. Their whole job title is not umbrella holder for Mark Marquez. Um, yeah. I completely agree. I, valid opinion I, from the start, I think, at least. Mm, I wholeheartedly Definitely. agree with this. I, I can't. If you go back in my Twitter feed, I there is a post, and I think it was a picture of like a NASCAR race. And the guy, the winner's in winner's circle, and there's these models behind him. And the one just looks absolutely miserable. Like, why am I here? What am I doing here? I have, like, this is what I signed up for. And I remember I quote tweeted it. I was like, why do we still have these? Like, these women clearly don't want to be there. They're there because they got hired by a company and is being like, go do this. You're, go stand there and look pretty. These women don't want to be there. And going back and watching some of the old, as I'm watching these old GP races, there was just a race, I, I don't remember which one, but Rossi won. And when they started spraying the champagne, he hosed a woman with the champagne. And I'm like, this woman didn't sign up for this. She was told, you're going to go to the race, you're going to look nice, and R- Rossi's hosing her with champagne. And it's like, we're really... I mean, to be fair, I'm not just saying this, but I, I think when you're on the, the podium and whatnot, I think everyone... I, I know I know what you're saying. Like, I'm like, yeah, right. she didn't sign up to that, but like, I'm pretty sure going up there, they know that that's a chance of happening. But the point being, in the sense of like, why does... I, I think the whole point is we don't need it sexual like why does it need to be sexualized like why does it need to be yeah like realistically donna not that you listen to fans but if you are <laughs> listening i'll go and hold an umbrella with a fucking puffer coat on and see who cares like no one's gonna care mm-hmm. if i've got 48 layers on or if a girl's there with like a strip of leather around a chest and a, right. and a short skirt no one's gonna care either way so just get rid like just get yeah, rid. Of I'm not, there's I'm no not. point. Like I like to funny when you had like the the chief engineers or something. Yeah, like that, that was funny. I, I wasn't sitting there going it's... like, "Oh my god," as if he's got his crew chief to hold that umbrella. Bless him. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. And I think like right. trainers could be holding them and stuff, yeah. stuff like they have been holding in races. And I think even the thing is that most of them grid girls don't even get paid. Like they might be some local girls. Mm-hmm. They've gotten somewhere. And if... I'm not saying this, but like that's not doing anything for them especially so if you don't get paid for it then what what is the point here's an idea i just had if 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 dorna or moto gp is so uh, with having women get the rider significant other for one it would probably uh, it would probably put the rider at ease to have a significant other there with them unless they're one of those people that is like once i go into race mode stay away from me Mm. like having some of them don't have some of them don't have a significant other though so in that sense just get rid as much as i like to be impartial and play devil's advocate and all that i can't really on this kind of topic i can't other than the the usual stuff that people come out with i can't see any good argument to put to put like a counter argument really apart from apart from some of them want to be there and but even then it's not really you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm sure. I'm sure there's a better yeah. outfit to pick than some. Yeah, exactly. Who, you you like, can at least yeah. you can do that, can't you? You can switch it up a bit. 
And like, it's like if if Monster or Red Bull is so like they want these models to be there for what I'm like you said, they could probably find a hundred other things for them to do around the racetrack other than stand there, hold a flag or hold an umbrella or, you know, stand on the podium to look, you know, to be there. But it's more like, why why do they need to be in the most minimal? Cl- I mean, I've seen like in the past, mm. like Phillip Island, I'm like. It must be the most brisk wind going oh. by the coast, and you're you're like, yeah, just just wear basically nothing. Like, well, what? that's like the, like the monster women. They're usually in like black leather pants. It's like it's probably a hundred degrees, mind you. I'm talking Fahrenheit here, but it's probably like a hundred degrees, and you've got them in black leather. They're probably had like they're probably so hot and sweaty. And that is just the most uncomfortable thing to have on. I just think in terms of the point being made here, I think if you if you are absolutely die on that hill, we we are keeping them. Just stop sexualizing it. Like stop making it out like put, put guys in there, girls in there, like whoever, like yeah. whatever gender or whatever identity. Put whoever there. Just just have like, you know, put the branding on them as like you know whatever clothing that they're wearing but they don't need to be in minimal clothing in scorching like hot weather when it's like oh well they've got to wear nothing like no they don't like red bull has put put a monster coat on them and it'd be like down to their ankles if you want like just because like elisa says it puts out the wrong message of like basically if you're a girl and you're in this paddock you've got to that's where you've got to be and i'm just like there's this so to me that is just so backwards Completely. Red Bull has the whole AlphaTauri line. They could promote that whole brand with those models, men or women. Yeah, great it, idea. You know, any team, and granted, well, I don't think there are any teams where there's cross anymore. What do you mean? So, like, you have Red Bull people next to Red Bull riders. Like, there's no situation, like, where... um uh, Peko had Monster, but Jack had Red Bull. There's no situations like that oh, where two yeah, riders like... on the same team having different sponsors I mean, like that. They, they also sponsor like the entire Grand Prix sometimes. So I think yeah. I, I think they could handle yeah. that out, you know. Exactly. So... Like, I think back to like Mugello, which they were giving mm-hmm. out Red Bulls at the at, like the race, but like in Mizano when I went in 2019, that was that was like Red Bull um, event. Like right. that's a prime example in like have them in Alpha Towery clothing line like you know what I mean mm-hmm. not, not not girls boys girls wear like whatever ages like advertise the branding of Brand. that yeah yeah advertise actually something thing. yeah like, do you know what I mean or or what about if you you know I know I know <laughs> money is a big thing for Donna but what about giving it like to people that are working in like community work in that area. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. give it to like charity workers could... or people that like are actually first responders. In that area, yeah, first responders. Like, yeah, anybody like that. That to me sends out a better message of we're giving these people a, a a chance to come come to an event Ooh. that is in their area to to show what they're doing as well, which helps those charities and those you know. Those you could even you could even do something and thinking of football, the mascots that come out with the players. They're usually young academy kids. Have junior riders. Yeah, yeah. You could have junior riders standing there. Like, imagine some kid standing next to Mark Marquez. Yeah, Eddie O'Shea to hold Mark Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Eddie would do that. 
Oh, probably. <laughs> just a, like to have a little kid like that, to be able to stand next to someone like Mark or Pecco or Fabio, the, someone they look up to and as a hero to them. That would be like you could be you could change a kid's life doing something like that. Yeah, I don't. Know. I I just think like the first responders, the academy yeah. kids, or or charity worker. I, I, to me, that's again that's working with the community that you you're in. So right. if you you know if you're to go to India and whatnot for the first time, and there's these first responders or charity workers that are working out there, mm. that sends out such a good message of like we're yes. here to help your community. We want to give your community a chance. So you come on board with us and we're, you know, it's giving people something back. That to me, and, you know, put them in monster like clothing line or Alpha Tauri or whatever you want to do, or like whoever's sponsoring the event, have something that's like, whether it's a, a watch or whatever, brand it in that sense, but don't sexualize it. Like you don't, we don't need, there's nothing that we need to sexualize about it. No. And there's so much more that they could do with that. And they don't even need to like, look guys, this is, this kid is from this, that and the other. Like have their charity like sponsored as the like on part of the event, even have if it's them, just a few like next to the track, like along the uh, the paneling, whatever. Above, like, right. The start line, which they take off and take on before every race event, anyway. Mm -hmm. Like you could say, oh, but we'll make millions and like whatever. But like you're not telling me we couldn't do the smallest bit of sponsorship for local charities in that sense. That would right. be such a good idea, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Elisa, that's probably in terms of like wholeheartedly, I think that's the best um, opinion made. But it is controversial because some th there is a, a again there is a big big cult of people that are like very God old damn, school. Keep keep those women there. Like no, no, we're not going to keep them there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was that might be probably the best one of the episode. We'll see how the rest of them go. Um, so I'm up next, and like I said earlier, mine kind of piggybacks off of what Josh's first opinion was. Um, my opinion is if Dorna does not get Carmelo Espeleta and the rest of the COs out of the front office and a new crew in, Dorna will run MotoGP into obscurity. I, I think that crew, and I, I had to look this up, Carmelo Espeleta has been in office since 1994. Two years after Dorna acquired MotoGP was when he became, and I had to, uh, his t chief executive officer. He has been in there since 1994. He Wait, needs to go immediately. Without sounding <laughs> like I'm playing devil's advocate for the sake of it, I'm genuinely not in the sense of he has done a lot. Oh. He has I'm done a lot. For and I'm Mary sure GP. he has. And I'm sure he's changed it in ways that were so great for the... But he's very old school. Yeah, but in terms of the point you're making from 94, I would say mm -hmm. from 94 till 2015, 16, I would say I'd have to disagree. But what, in relation to what Josh was saying, in the modern era, right? I think it's now slowing down to a point of like, whoever's running that ship, seems to not really be running it in the right way in the sense of like his relatives are being given like higher up jobs and i'm Carlos like... espaleta is the chief and if you, for anyone looking uh or wanting this on dorner's website if you go to their about page at the bottom it shows carmelo it shows uh enrique aldama and it shows carlos espaleta right beneath there there is a chart it says dorna sports general chart and it shows you everybody's rank in Dorna. And the fact that Carlos has a job there. And this is why I'm I'm not I'm not saying 
just get Carmelo out. I'm saying get Enrique Aldama out, get Carlos out, get that whole top tier out of there and get somebody new in like F1 did with Liberty. Because, okay, say you get Carmelo out and get Carlos as the chief executive officer. Is he going to do anything different than his dad was doing? He's just going to do what his dad yeah. wants. Yeah. So, in, in, okay, so we got a new face, but nothing's really changed. Where if you get, and is Enrique Aldamo, if you put him up there, is he going to do anything different? Where if you get a whole new crew in there, I f- it, it, it could be like what Liberty did with F1. And we look at the way Dorna treats World Superbike. World Superbike, for those of you who don't know, in the U.S. gets absolutely no coverage. You cannot watch a World Superbike race in the U.S. on any cable provider. You have to buy their streaming service, which is the worst thing I've ever experienced. Moto America has an app where you can watch the races. For World Superbike, you have to go on their website to watch any race. How is that convenient? That is... It's the most annoying thing because I can't on uh, with MotoGP. I get on the app. I go into their video section. I can pull up whatever I want. But no, if I want to watch World Superbike, I have to go on my laptop, pull up a race. I can't watch it on my phone while I'm on the move. I have to lug this clunky you know, laptop around with me instead of just watching it on my phone. And their yeah. app is straight trash. They're... It's like they haven't updated their app since 2006. <laughs> I will say this. I, the, the web design and the sort of put together of Dorna's website and the video pass along with it is like, I see little sort of tip like tricks that they're sort of putting in at the minute. Like when you go to buy race tickets and you hover over like a price, it's like, oh, that this is where it is on the track book. And I'm like, okay, um, Right, so why is that taking you like fifteen years to put in? Yeah. But like, but but not like that's what I'm, I'm not calling them out for that. But what I'm saying is, is like there are simpleton things for web designers and people that code websites and all that that Dorna do that I'm like, you wonder why people lose their mind with it. Like it yeah. is so glitchy, it, it is so different per design, like per platform. Sorry. So if you're on a phone compared to a laptop compared to a tablet or whatever, and it is it is like when I made a Wix website in like year nine in school, <laughs> where like yeah. no, where like the first thing you make and it's like click 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 refresh and you're back to the start. You are, aren't you? Like you, you go out of a race to go. Oh, well, let me have a look what else is on. Oh, I'm back at the start and it's got rid of everything I was looking it's, for. It's, it's a struggle. Search again. Watch a ten it's second clip. Horrible come back out oh it's reset i'll have to go back like honestly who who is operating those like websites because if you are you need outing out of a job mm-hmm. along with a lot of other people in dorna which mm-hmm. i won't go into at the minute but yes in modern era with stuff like that i just want to talk in terms of like their marketing if you like is shocking yeah it really is uh, i hate yeah, I the website time, as well yeah. yeah, I mean, websites from social yeah. media is not great either, to be honest. I mean, no, and it's improved. I, I think, think social media is okay, but I think but the website's getting I just better. Think whoever's like the social media manager at Dorna, genuinely, like, and this is not like me sort of 
dissing on them in the sense of like you're awful at your job. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like what in terms of when it gets to the winter, what's the plan? Because to me, yeah. it's like whoever posts stuff on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Reddit, or Discord, or wherever it is, it's like you wake up and you're like, shit, I, I was meant to post today. And they just find something and go, Marini's crash in FP2 at Sepang. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the, the engagement and the... You wonder why people sort of get to the first race of the year and they're like, oh, that's back on. It's because... This, the engagement through the winter is mm-hmm. shocking. Yeah. It's so bad, and I know you're not going to have as much on there, but like, there's no, there's no like podcasts that come out. There's no videos that come out where like there's people from Dorna that are promoting GP that are getting fans involved over the winter that they could use so much to their advantage when people are off. Yeah, they go MotoGP doing a live video. What MotoGP? I'm not. I've been waiting for MotoGP to do something. They'll watch it. Whereas it's like, oh, post. Oh, oh, like Pecco's um, nearly getting when when he got like that five second penalty or three grid penalty in the oh, yeah. like staying on the racing line with Mar- Alex Marquez. I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> thrilling. That is, yeah, brilliant. And then the next day, it's like Ross, uh, Mark, when he crashed at Mazzano and Rossi's fans booed him. Yeah, that was like eight years ago, but yeah, cool. <laughs> but I'm like, what? What's going on? Like, what's the plan? What's the plan, and where the hell is the execution for I it? I think because they've got the um, of the plan. I am worried. I think I'm they've worried. got Matt's wheel spinning, wheel spinner. They must do. And they every day do. they just spin the wheel and go right. That track, right? Hey, yeah. Hey, they a... must go into the office and go, Jamie, pick a crash. What? What do you mean? Well, pick a rider then. Um, Bezeki. All right, I'll find which race is crashed out then, and I'll I'll put it on in. I think they've got loads of wheels. It's like right. Uh, spin right we're going for crash all right spin again or oh, aragon yeah. um spin again oh marquez yep <laughs> that's yeah. they've got dart boards up and they're just chucking darts across the room but there's no like do you know what i mean like they could do so much more from in mm. terms of you could sit there and say like this is what people like us are for in terms of like pushing stuff in the winter and they kind of rely on a lot of like third parties to push content through the winter but right. when i look at MotoGP as a page I would want them to be the apps this is again the argument of like there's almost no competition there for them so they can you know make sure that they're like the king of the king of all content but if if we minus copyright if we put that content out we would get no engagement and rightly so because it's like yeah where's the context what's the point like I, I don't I don't get it like there's no thrill there's no buzz there's no reaction there's no what do you want and then seeing it you know what i mean they don't put like a poll out like what what would you want to see and then seeing a load of people put a b or c and then they put out the most four popular opinions that get put back to them and having a vote and then again more engagement because they get people to Mm -hmm. vote and then from that vote seeing that content they don't that is content through a a poll right content through opinions being fired back at them so responses and then you get content and engagement through what you post because clearly it is the most popular opinion of people yeah. what people want. You don't mm-hmm. get that. You just get some random shite put out in the middle of the winter that's like Peko's fastest lap at Assen. Yeah, Min. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> what? Sick. Right. Like, unless I'm really bothered about watching that, 
I'm as an avid fan or whatever, as a as a casual, I'm just going to scroll straight past it. Well, and Do you know what I mean, yeah. And doing, like I said, getting rid of the higher ups, there's there would be like a shockwave effect if you brought in, and when you look at this chart, like you have Carmelo as the uh, CEO, um, Enrique as chief operating and financial officer, and Carlos is the chief sporting officer. There is no chief commercial officer, which is probably a big problem. But if you could bring four new people in they would be able to go down through this chart that they have and work out all those bugs so that there would be better interaction and stuff like that. And it, I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, oh, and with like social media and we, um, Neil Morrison even talked to us about this where they have this very old school mentality where it's like, they don't accept new forms of media for a long period of time. Which is why we mm. sort of got dismissed, like dismissed because yeah. of not being massive. And, you know, is that because of the, the opera, the uh, COs that are in office? Is that like, is they have such as old school mentality? Where does it start? Well, quite clearly it starts from the top. Yeah. Yeah, you know the people are not making those sorts of decisions when it is literally their main source of like new income, new demographic being mm -hmm. dismissed. Quite clearly, that's a very executive decision. It's not like Matt Dunn's at fucking Donna going, "Nah, fuck him." You know what I mean? Like that is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I no, I, I, that that is that is valid. But I am I am waiting for a a juicy opinion that I'm. I want arguments because we're all agreeing too much at the minute. I'm, I've got one in the back. I, I think I've got one. Um, so okay. we'll spin the, we'll spin the wheel. We'll see go. who goes next. Um, I think if I, I think I've got my second one. We'll particularly get Josh and I fighting. Oh. Okay. Here we go. Controversial opinion. So is it now Josh then? Because we've done the order. No, it's you. It's you got again. picked. Oh, it's me. Um, I put all the names back on the wheel and spun it again. You got picked first this time. Matt's wheel. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is controversial. Well, no, no, it is controversial. It's going to piss a lot of people off. Um, oh, boy. But it, I think that my opinion will be more popular, but I think what I'm stating as my opinion is, is unpopular. Um, my opinion is that the GOAT conversation is absolutely not even close. <laughs> not even close not even no. close like I don't think you can put any it, the fact that you put any rider in the conversation with Rossi I think is fucking insane being honest I thought well to be fair I thought you were going to go down the road of it's not it. it's not really possible to have a go no, I, I agree that I agree with that argument to an extent like you could not compare Agostini to Rossi in that sense Right, but if we are comparing all riders and putting everything into account, me personally think I think that that conversation is not even close. I don't think that, and again, this is not me discrediting other riders. I am just saying that what Rossi has done compared to the others in that conversation is like comparing chalk and cheese to me. I. Uh, Call me biased, call me whatever, but you look at what he's done 
on different machinery, on different bikes, on different machinery, in different mm -hmm. areas against that many people that we consider to be aliens. Great. Greatest period of MotoGP. Right. Where's it come yeah. from? Who yeah. brings it? Who, who stepped up when it really matters? Who's dominated? Who's fought off that many young champions that have come through and really flattened careers in the sense of these other, you know, big comers that are going to come and shake things up a bit, flatten them, flatten them. Like, yeah, people don't realize, and this is coming from what would have been a four or five year old me who's gone back and watched these things like, at the age that I am at now. It's just like Sete Gibinau, Max Biaggi, Loris Caparossi. These guys were considered of what we look at now as like your Pecos, your Mears, flattened, mm -hmm. flattened during that period. Yeah. I... And to have done it on a 500, a 250, a 125, a 990, a 1000, a 500 two-stroke, an 800, like for that long, for that many wins through that many periods, those areas, different tracks, the level of dominance in different years. And I think mm -hmm. I said to you, Matt, like a couple of weeks ago, where was it like 17 seasons in a row or something, he finished in the top three? Like, yeah. well, I, I, you remember having the conversation, Elisa? I think we said yep. like 6,000 career points or something. And Marcus yeah, is I on like two and a half thousand. Yeah. Not close. It's not even close. Like, people could say Agostini for the amount of championships he won. Name me another rider. Uh, granted, it's a long, long time ago. But name me another rider during the dominant period of Agostini that you could say, well, he was nearly as good or like he was whatever, like in terms of the level. And you could say, well, that's why he is so good. But he, I'm sorry. Like, Agostini's obviously one of the gods. He is one of the gods, 100%. 100 i am not discrediting him but we we talk about now the last 30 40 years go back to like the late 70s early 80s late 80s and early 90s and you're not putting any of those guys in the conversation of even marquez and marquez is that good so if you're putting marquez in the same conversation as rossi who's dominated these people that have come through and been classed as aliens your stoners mm. your, your lorenzo's pedrosa's biaggi cap like rossi humiliated them humiliated them for that long across that many different machinery of bike on honda on a yamaha 500 mm. 880 990 1000 for that many wins for that many years it's not even close mm -hmm. well, i think one of the things that like puts him over the top is how much he like how much more popular the sport became because of him like you yes. look back at Agostini and yeah, Agostini has more titles and, you know, but I think that's about it. And mind you, he did it in a period where it was a lot more dangerous. Like, you know, 30 some riders went out and 20 something came back. And for him to be able to do it as long as he did and to win as many championships. Yeah. Agostini, like you said, Agostini's a God. He's, he would be on the Mount Rushmore of, yeah. riders but he, he didn't make the sport as popular as rossi did it rossi took a sport that was well, yeah right. yeah and you go back and watch motor gp for like mid 90s mm -hmm. and you've got these races that are like three three or four riders that clear off and there's nothing really going on there's no there's no sort of there's no buzz after a race there is a bit but there's, there's no buzz before it there's no arch rivalry there's no sort of cult following there's no you know what i mean like 
and then go forward 10 years to mid 2000s you've got these celebrations that are so iconic you've got these liveries these helmets these like mm. different things that they introduced and the sort of level that he that he put up during those mid 2000s was astonishing to watch because he was that good like don't get me wrong i love wayne rainey and schwantz is great and all the rest of them doings and criviers and whatnot yeah they were they were fucking phenomenal but you go back and watch it from the shift of 500 where he was dominant in his rookie year Mm -hmm. just missed out on a championship in his rookie year on a 500 which at the time were death machines Absolute yep. death machines, and the likes of Gary McCoy and John Hopkins suffered badly from just being laced off of these bikes constantly, along with everybody else, and injuring themselves every week. He came in and nearly won a championship in his first year. Second year, Kenny Roberts Jr. even said, if he didn't win it in 2000, he had no chance of winning at any other point because he knew him and his dad, Kenny Roberts Sr., said, There is no way on earth we'll win a championship if Rossi gets it right. And Rossi got it right, won a championship, changed over to the new era of MotoGP and dominated that mm-hmm. quickly. Well, and yeah. you like you look at just going back and watching some of these old races. You watch like the r- races in the '90s. You didn't have fans rushing the track like when Rossi was like in the early 2000s. I just I watched the Magella race last week. He had to drive through the grass to not run into people. And as soon as he went off track and into the grass, they all swarmed on him like a like maggots to a piece of meat. And then and the he had to, like, is, he's weaving between people. How globally sort of big he is now, like, you look at it, and when he, when he sort of came into GP and started, you know, rustling a few feathers, it became, are you, are you with Biaggi or are you, are you with Rossi? If you were Italian, do you know what I mean? Because you were either, if you were Rome-based or wherever, you'd be Biaggi. And if you were anywhere further south or whatever, you'd be Rossi. Um, and obviously, Rossi had the link with his dad. So if you ever supported his dad back then, when if you were Italian to live, you know, if you're that old or whatever, you you would follow Rossi. And then he became so dominant over B- uh, Biaggi that it was almost, you know, it, it, Biaggi would win the odd race, but you you yeah. knew who was better. And then it became Italy versus Spain with Gibinau. And you go back and watch 2005 Jerez after that incident and you can hear Rossi kind of getting booed almost because it's like this is our next up and coming star this is mm-hmm. our man in Jibber now and then you you fast forward three or four years to 2009 Jorge Lorenzo you know the home guy and Rossi's getting cheered for beating him in his own backyard that's how globally big right. Rossi became and you could say Italy Spain you go to Japan they went mad for him in Japan, absolutely mm-hmm. mad for him in Australia. I granted Stoner because of how big he was and whatnot. He was their main man. The next biggest guy is Stoner's biggest rival in Rossi. I watched a clip the other day from Bathurst, and I think I sent it to you, Matt, with um, Liam Lawson going round. Yeah, and you and see the, them around the last corner, and people have got Rossi merch on. The yep. guy's been retired two years. They've got Rossi merch on in Australia. Well, he was at that race though. Yeah, I know he was, right. but like in the sense of like, you know, if if you just started watching that now, you'd be like, who's who's this forty six has got a massive following? Is it the other side of the world as a forty what is he now forty two forty three year old mm-hmm. racing in G GR three racing or whatever GT three racing? Yeah, and he's the biggest there by a country mile. He's forty three. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how big he is, and the, yeah, like 
Rossi talk, even like I'm I'm the perfect example in sense of I'm born in 2000. So when Rossi was in his absolute peak, he was just the man. He was just the man. Do you know what I mean? And I remember going to Donington in like 2007, 8, 9. And it was like, if you weren't part of that cult in England, following the Italian, you were an outsider. And I, you know, I, at that point I was starting to go to football games and whatnot. And you knew where your sort of allegiances sort of stood with like, you stand by whoever, you know, if we're all this team, we're all this team. And if you weren't yeah. Rossi in England, you were like an away supporter at football. You were. <laughs> but how mm. bizarre is that? You know, if you went to like Germany now with Marquez and you weren't supporting Marquez, imagine if you weren't supporting Marquez and you were sort of like looked down upon in Germany for not following Marquez. You'd be like, but he's not German. So why are we that bothered? In right. England, if you were not a Rossi fan, you weren't like, you know, harassed or anything like that, but you, you were, you, you could see the sort of look of like, fucking hell, why? The hell's why wrong with not, him? Why are you not supporting Rossi? Because right. he, he, he commercialized everything to be about him. And you knew that he was going to come out with whatever trick he was going to come out with, with the, with the last, you know, corner overtakes or whether his, his style of racing was so aggressive, but, but clean at times, but also hard at times. And he, he just modernized everything around his style and everyone that came in had to follow him and he's he's done for me on and off track he's done astronomically more than anyone's ever done for moto gp on yeah. and off track yeah i don't I think, think we'll ever see anyone that big no you'd need it's a debate you'd need someone you do to... need an actual alien to me well I, I think for me i think part of ross's success is the fact he he, he lasted so long in the sport as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I know you could cut out the last few years and it wouldn't really make a difference, but still, you know, the, the, the sheer amount of the, the length of time he was in the sport, someone to get as close like close to him on most levels are going to need to do a, a, a good length, a good stint. You know, what Mark said, Marquez is in his 10th season coming up um, in MotoGP uh, and He'd have to do another 10, 15 years, I reckon. Um, but I don't think he will. Like, there's not really anyone who's got it in him to do like the length that that Rossi did. It's like, mm. it's it's crazy. Um, I know Marquez is obviously. I reckon if he, bar the last couple of years, if Marquez was to come back to the the top and be successful again, and he does it, he does it for another, I don't know, five to ten years. How old is Marquez now? 28, 29, or something? 30. 30. So he could, he's got, I don't know, he's probably got another 10 years max in him. And he's, and, and he's Friday, already, he? and he's 30 on Friday. Uh, this week, this week, 30. Yeah. And he's, so, yeah. he's, he's battered all over the shop. I mean, he's half a robot anyway by now. Um, but uh, I, there could be a debate in the future, depending on what Mark does. And, you know, you look to the, the young uns and um, who's capable and, who could do something? I'd, I'd never rule out someone like replacing Rossi as a goat, but it it it'd be unlikely due to the length, think, the sheer length that they would have to do. I think, yeah, as as you all said, I think the the I think it's, it was just a perfect storm during the time he was dominant because you know I don't think anyone will ever be that popular like all around the world just because of the, like the way we watch sports and everything has changed so much. 
Yeah. And I think Dave, as you said, Dave, he's definitely the most influential motor motor rider yeah. that there probably will be in that sense. And I uh, and I think you know personally, even though I'm I'm a big Mark fan, and I think you know I don't think it's just because of the titles, but I think for me, if Mark comes back and still wins the titles, I think for me personally, he might be better. But I mean. It's a different thing when you haven't grown up with him. I'm sure, I'm sure if I had grown up with Rossi, I would feel differently. But also, as mm. you said, I, I still think about the long, long, uh, I mean, I mean, long, Mark long, can... long standing of the career, and I think the yeah. way he kept winning, and I think, you know, beating people, even Marcus, you know, and he, he kept still beating people. I mean, on the other hand, you could say that he got humbled by the Ducati, and you know, Casey Stoller won on it, so. That's something no, I, 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 would I, I can see. I can see what you're saying, <laughs> but if you look at the bike that he was on compared to the bike Stoner was on, they were two very different bikes. Yeah, Stoner only different. won it. I say only won it once. Obviously, no, no one else apart from Peckers won it on the Ducati. But if you put Stoner on that 2011 and 12 bike, he would have said the same as Rossi in the sense of it was. It was well. I, I mean, didn't Rossi know in in preseason testing at 2011 yeah. that it, there was no chance he was doing anything? Yeah, that's that why bad. Rossi, when he got, when he got the chance to do his custom helmets at like Mugello and Mizano, he had, he had race he had like helmets of him battered on it, like he was like you know his face was all like me- like messed up, and he was basically mm. saying like this bike is eating the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, it's basically doing um, head in. I mean, if if anyone's gonna lay claim, it is Marquez because what he has done so far in the ten years. I mean, t- to dominate the way he yeah. did in this rookie season is is just. It's maybe ridiculous. and what in he can 10 do. years time we can have the same argument and see where we're at. Well, we'll see where we're at. We'll see. It, and, and even oh. though 2015 he didn't win it, Rossi, and how close he got to winning it, it come from the back as like a 37, eight year old, and exactly you know, at that age. If, if Mark Marquez at that age is still riding for factory Honda and competing for championships and has done what what Rossi has done in the sport, which I don't think he will, but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discard that and say that he won't. If Marquez globalizes himself in MotoGP to the level Rossi has done from where it was to where he finishes and goes for that long and competes for that long and hits the same sort of numbers and all the rest of it as Rossi, I'll have the argument of it's not not close anymore. You could say, I could see why you'd say Marquez, but maybe it's Rossi or vice versa. But as of right now, today, I don't think it's close. I think I think it's close. I, because I can, I can throw a name out there. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Who am I going to say? Stoner. No. Lorenzo? You have to go quite further back than that. Oh. He's the only one who's won a Formula One World Championship. Oh. How, how many F1 <laughs> championships has Rossi won? <laughs> who's, who's the guy? Saying that. Who's, who's got? Who's got? Who's got the greatest win percentage in, in MotoGP? John Surtees. I mean, John Surtees <laughs> is a great example in the sense of like a one, oh. well, not a one in a million. Like one, no one's ever done it. No, no one's. I, no, like, it can't be done nowadays, com- can it? If, no, you, you can't. Can. But like, if if you want to have that conversation about Rossi and F1, that's for a whole other episode. But oh, that's that's that I would <laughs> that I would have liked to have seen on a, on a detuned Ferrari to be 0.8 off of Michael Schumacher around Mugello on your first attempt. I don't think that's bad going, personally. I think, I think it was 0.8 or 1.1 is that I've got the number in my head. But if you were in, if you were within two seconds of Michael Schumacher, yeah. I think you're doing all right. For your first I think time. they wanted to wanted him to be a test 
driver for the first season or somewhere, didn't they? No, no, they were. They were. Oh, really? They, yeah, they offered him a full contract, but Yamaha said no chance. <laughs> oh, and Rossi right. said, to be fair, Rossi said he wanted to stay on two wheels, but yeah. What could have been, eh? What could have been? Could, yeah, another day. But anyway, yeah, just trolling you in a way. But John Surtees is is one of the goals. <laughs> no <laughs> John Surtees. John Surtees is a one no one, one. Ain't no one ever doing that again. No. Going from MotoGP to F1, or, or even vice versa, which would probably be more difficult, if anything, no, yeah. to, to win in if F1. If anyone's going to do it, they'd have to do it the same way he did in GP yeah. to F1, not F1 yeah. to GP. And with that, we conclude our part one episode of Controversial Opinions. If you want to hear more and wait for part two, that will be coming out in the coming days. Um, for now, please leave a like and a rating on whichever audio platform that you are listening to us on. And with that, for now, we'll keep the throttle pinned. <laughs>